Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Baseball family, welcome to our Thursday Night Lives. We are super excited to be here and hope you're as excited to be here as we are. I am Brig, Briggy B. I'm here. I got the Brad Master, Mr. Blackjack Brad, right here with me. How are you, Brad? I'm good. How are you this evening, Brig? Energized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling yeah, good. Yeah, I got, I got good my energy head. right here. Right yeah. in the bottle. What, what are you drinking? It's so it's a combination. It's a crystal light. Um, one is a cherry slush, the other is a lemonade. Yeah. So it's fantastically delicious. My man, that's awesome. <laughs> I got mine right here. Agua. Hey. Nice. Is H two O. Straight. Neat. Is it neat? Is that how? Neat. It's so neat. It is. You're like, I don't know how to say that. You I nailed it. Words. You crushed it, buddy. Excellent. Thank Baseball you. family, we're super excited that it is the World Series. It's here. It's here. We're there. Game starts tomorrow. And this one's for the whole enchilada, the whole ball of wax. This one's for all the marbles. Thank you. Ah, I've been well waiting done. all season to say that. All right. <laughs> The Houston Astros are going to face off against the Philadelphia Phillies. And this is like truly a David and Goliath situation. It feels like those are the storylines coming into, you know, what series going through looking at like preparing for this episode. That's the thought that I had. I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) it's, It's insane. How overmatched the Astros. No, I'm just kidding. The Phillies really are. Like they really are, and we'll get statistically, into statistically. Yeah, yes. one of the things that I was thinking, and this is like you said, we'll get into it the details. But one of the things that I thought everybody is okay, particularly Braves fans, are very upset that a number you know, eight or sixth ranked team or whatever got in for the National League and now has made it this far. And I was like, come on, like. Come on, they they won and it's okay. And I, I understand the pain of it. And like our team's lost too. And that's just the way it goes. But looking at these details, <laughs> think it is a little right? bit, it is a little bit justifiable. <laughs> we're, it's we're crazy get though, it. because 
and this is my thing too is that like yes they they like they certainly blew their chance at like the fifth seed even the you know not, i guess not the fourth seed because they there was no way but no, they certainly blew blew their chance at the fifth seed but at the same time like Braves players voted for this right like this is the new format these right. are the rules and if you, if the Braves had such a problem with it they should have beat them true that that's my yeah. thing with it is like the playoff format like the three game series is kind of is kind of a mess it's it's a, it's like a 100 yard dash maybe even a 50 yard dash right the five sure. game series is mostly just chaos whoever can control the chaos is going to win the series but you come to a get seven game series like they did against the Padres, the better team is going to come out on top. And they certainly did with the Phillies against the Padres because they dominated yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Every single time. I like the, the three game. Works. It's better than one. It is better day. than one. Yeah. Yeah. It's better than one every day. So, mm-hmm. hey, yep. Taylor's here. What's Twitch Taylor's here? What's up, Taylor? Twitch Taylor in the house. Man, it's exciting. It's good to see you. Um, <laughs> all right. So, um man there's a lot to talk about oh i wanted to say this before we get going if you are worried about some of these statistics we're getting into and you're not sure what they mean and you know you don't know what ops is or average we're going to get it we'll tell we'll tell you during this episode but if you want a little bit of a deeper dive into what they mean and how they're used we have youtube videos already on that you can jump on our uh youtube page YouTube channel, and you can access that video content. It's also going to be in the description of this video, so um, you can jump in there and grab it. But stay yeah, we'll stay with the, us. We'll put the whole playlist in there for you so you can jump in and, and find out what that stuff means. Yeah, it's already there, actually, Mr. Brad. Freeze on exciting. the ball. I got it. I got you. Nice. Um, I'm Before we move any, fu- any further into this, I'm going to put the link to our survey up here really quick because we have a survey we want to hear from you we want to see i'm talking to you taylor we want to see what's going on in your brain and how you feel about what we're doing pretty simple is get you a discount on the shop which if you're into it it's great if you're not that's fine but it's important that we continue to deliver the content that you want it helps if you let us know what that is the end i won't beat it any harder than that brad let's talk about philadelphia's baseball club Let's do it. I'm excited. I'm so excited because, you know what, Brig, I wanted this team to do well all season long. I had them winning the division in our meaningless predictions before the season started. Yeah. Um, and But I did not, as the season progressed, I did not have, have them getting this far. And I'm, I'm actually like so happy for the Phillies and Phillies fans, to be honest yeah. with you. So let's get into the tail of the tape. Let's talk okay. about the Phillies first. So their overall record, 87 and 75, 47 and 34 at home, 40 and 41 on the road could be a problem going down to Houston. We'll see. Uh, nine inning games, they are 77 and 69. You might be saying, Brad, every game is nine innings. No, they're not. Eight and six <laughs> extras and two and oh in shortened games, which right. will not come into play in the World Series. That will not happen. Uh, so Astros fans, don't worry about that. Uh, but one run games, this is a problem. 22 and 25. I blame that on the bullpen. And then blowouts, though, that's games where... It's separated by five or plus runs, uh, five plus runs. Anyway, 26 and 22. So if they get a lead, a big lead, uh, they're likely to hold it unless it's against the Mets. <laughs> As we saw. <laughs> oh, there's that. 
but it happens. As a Mariners fan, I can't talk. So yeah, well. <laughs> anyway, anyway, as a Yankee fan, start... sometimes all I know how to do is talk. So I guess oh, there, you <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So let's let's talk about how they got here too. Okay. Okay. So the Phillies started off up here in the upper right hand corner. They played against the Cardinals in the wild card in the wild card round. We did not have them beating the Cardinals. Like flat out had the Cardinals winning that series. The Phillies won that one two to zero. Then they went on to the Braves again. We had the Braves winning, but they made quick work of the Braves. Won that one three to one. And then they go to the Padres, and it's like pff, I don't even know what's going to happen here. They beat the Padres four games to one. So the big takeaway I. I want people to remember going into this series is that the Phillies are undefeated so far in the postseason. And that's all it takes for them to lose their first home game in the series. <laughs> are they really undefeated in the postseason? At home. At home. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, at home they are. Right. Yeah. Crazy. It, it's like being due in reverse, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, they're due to lose at home. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's crazy. Like, I, I still don't feel like home field advantage is like necessarily a huge thing in baseball. But we'll see what happens. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe the Phillies are just like monsters at home, right? That that's what their record showed. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> and their season record too. 47 and 34 that's that's a good record to have 87 wins and lose and be under 500 on the road i feel like says something about how good you are home so yeah at home yeah exactly yeah yeah so there there could be problems in houston um but the phillies as a franchise this is their eighth world series appearance as a franchise they have two World Series titles. Their last appearance was in 2009 their last win was 2008 and the thing that's interesting brig is that uh, our friends Jason and Tori, who do the Philly Baseball Together podcast, talking to them over text and listening to their podcast this season, they've drawn a lot of similarities between the 2008 season and this season. Tons, all the time. Yeah, like there's there's all kinds of stuff that happens. They're like, oh, that reminds that feels like 2008. That reminds me of 2008 of oh, the 2008 season. It's like, oh, crazy. Yeah, right. Especially the record through so far. Like I always remember they were saying okay, it's been this many games and we're at this record. And, you know, that means that was this is like 2008. It's fascinating. And then yeah. all the and then all the stuff going around about economic decline after Phillies, <laughs> after the Phillies win anything. I thought that was really interesting. That was funny. Well, I don't know if it's true, but. Um, so in the, they finished the season, their last 10 games of the season. They kind of limped into the playoffs, as we've said. They went four and six their last 10 they lost series to the Cubs, which swept them, by the way. And then they lost to the Astros. Um, and then they won three out of four against the Nationals. So, which everybody should win three out of four against the Nationals. Yeah. It's not year. four out of four. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So well. I thought that was interesting seeing that, like how poorly they were. And and I think that we saw that, too. We were kind of like, okay, because, you know, we obviously were paying attention to how teams were doing down the stretch. And we saw that the Phillies were struggling. And I think that was a big part of the reason we didn't have them beating the Cardinals. Definitely yeah. didn't have them beating the Braves because the Braves have been on fire since like June. Yeah. July, right? So I feel like that's why we were both so surprised that the Phillies were able to beat the Braves. But now all of a sudden they've flipped a switch. Like something, something yeah. happened. And I know that I know. Bryce Harper is in fine form. Kyle Schwarber's doing his postseason thing. Um, 
So it's, Reese Hoskins is hitting his timely home runs like we talked about yeah, on Monday. Reese Hoskins. <laughs> but it, it's crazy because we talk about like like Jewel and I kept talking about like, oh, here comes October Julio. Here comes October Mitch. Oh, there's September Mitch right there. You know, talking yeah. about Mitch Haniger because in September he's swinging at everything breaking and off the plate. It's like, yeah, yeah here, no, that's September Mitch right there. You know, like, yeah, October Harper, October Bryce Harper is a thing. October it's Kyle a, Schwarber is a thing. It's a huge thing. And we're going to see it because they're going to come ready to play with all that experience that they have in the postseason. And, you know, there's a big debate as to whether or not postseason experience matters, how much of an X factor that is as far as the players' performance, the club's performance as a whole, you know, that veteran impact in the clubhouse, with especially with the younger guys. I think it's real. I do. I don't think it's the deal-breaker um that some people i don't think it deserves all of the weight that some people give it but i think it i think it's a factor i think i think understanding the rhythm of the postseason is what is what helps you like there is there is something to be said for having a certain level of ignorance when it comes to playing big games yeah like i'll never forget so we were playing for the regional title when I was 16, this was summer ball. We were going, if we won our next game, we'd go to the world series. Right. And my buddy and I were just sitting around like dinking around in the dugout. And this guy, one the captain, he was the self-declared captain comes over. He's like, you guys nervous for this game? We're like, no. <laughs> it's like, this is the biggest game you've ever played in your life. I was like, yeah, that's fine. I'm just going to cool treat story, it like another bro. game until it's not. Yeah. Like, okay. You know, I like, and it was. It was literally the biggest game I had ever played in in my entire life. I had never had a chance to be one game away from going to the World Series. and But like going in, I was kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel like. Should I be oh. nervous? Should I be excited? Or should I just be like level? So I feel like there was a certain level of ignorance that kind of helped. I don't know. It kind of helped keep some of us level for that game. We did end up losing, but maybe that was, maybe we weren't amped up enough. I don't know, Brig. I don't know. I don't know either. I wasn't there. It's good story. Liked it. So, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, I do think, mm. like I said, more of a rhythm of the postseason, being able to understand like how to prep yourself with extended pregame festivities, all the media schedule, all the media stuff like that. Yeah. I think that is helpful as far as, as the difference with, with the veterans. So, well, and I think that even media breaks in the, in between innings in the games are a little longer you know, it's going to throw things off just a little bit for warm ups and stuff like that. So, yeah, maybe you're right. Yeah. Because, I don't know. last thing on that. So, I remember in 2012, Russell Wilson went to the Super Bowl because yeah. he wanted to feel what he wanted to understand the rhythm of it, like the flow of the game, pregame, the extended halftime, and everything. And then the next year, the Seahawks went and won the Super Bowl. Right. You know, yeah, because he true. said that he said that he felt like that helped. So I don't know. That's cool. Something to think about. Anyway, let's get into some statisticals, Brig. Yes. The Phillies this year. <laughs> I love. I love this. First, real quick, we've got Derpy 501st. Real quick, Derpy 501st. Is that like the 501st uh from Clone Wars? Uh answer me that. He says, Ooh. let's be real, fellas. We want Philly to win. Probably. I mean, I, I do. Don't, I don't. I don't cheer for I don't cheer for division rivals. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> I want Philly to win. Yeah. I'll just be straight up with you. Yep, <laughs> for sure. 
Okay, let's get into stats. So first, okay. team stats. Uh, the Phillies' offense, or the yeah, the Phillies' like leader in WAR this year. Their I guess their god of war was JT Realmuto. I think that's awesome. It's way it awesome. Six point five WAR, and to me, like one of the things about WAR is it says that a guy was available because it's kind of a compiled stat throughout the entire season, right? Like yeah. Bryce Harper played well this season, but he missed. He only played ninety nine games. Right. Yeah. So his WAR was like two and a half. I think was around yeah, 2.5 lower than you'd think for sure. Yeah, so war is compiled based on availability and performance. JT Realmuto, the catcher they call him QB1 was available, he was there, led the team in war. Fantastic. Best Well, and let's be honest. Year. He's the best catcher in baseball right now. Yes, absolutely. Hands down. And not just cuz his team has gone this far. I mean, I think he's been the best catch like if not the one of the best catchers for a while. I'd put him for the last five, four or five years, probably, I put him top three for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that might be conservative. Top five but... easy, but... Yeah. Yep. So the Phillies team OPS is .739. Again, OPS is on base plus slugging. So it's on your ba- it's your on base percentage plus your slugging percentage. .739, that's good enough for eighth in Major League Baseball. Team home runs 205. I think Jewel and I had a... a had a pie in the face riding on home runs. Mm. I can't remember if it was 200 or 220. I'll have to go back and check my records. I have a spreadsheet with our bets on it. <laughs> with our five face bets. <laughs> I need to go find it and check that. But 205 was good enough for sixth in, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. The beefy boys can hit. No um, doubt. They don't strike out a whole lot. They're 18th in Major League Baseball. That means that they had the 18th most, so they were... I guess top 15, I guess that would put them 12th in the, as far as the lowest go. Right. Um, their average with walks 16th in major league baseball stolen bases. This is a big number for me, Brig. This is a big one because we all know stolen bases and small ball are going to make the difference in the world series. 105 stolen bases. That's fifth in all of major league baseball. One of eight teams with more than 100 stolen bases. Yep. That is going to be a difference maker. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, it is. And what's interesting is that this postseason, we've seen pretty conservative base running from Philadelphia. So we have, yeah. With, with what they're capable of and what they've shown us over the last 10 games, pretty fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is. It is truly fascinating. It'll be interesting to see the approach that they take. But the problem is, like, we'll get to Houston in a little bit. They've got to get on base first before they can start being really aggressive and stealing bases. Yeah. So yeah, that exactly. could be an issue. <laughs> pitching and defense. You want to take us through pitching and defense here, Brig? Yeah, absolutely. So Philadelphia has allowed per game 4.23 runs that's allowed per game. That puts them 15th in MLB, right smack dab in the middle. Uh, their fielding percentage is 988, though, and that's tied for second across all of Major League Baseball. So when they get an opportunity to to record an out, they do it. That's what yeah. that means. They were um, they were tied with like four teams. I know the Mariners were there with them, and then there were two more. Um, the oh, I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember the the team that led had like 0.989. I think is what it was. Oh, it was like so, another, yeah, <laughs> yeah, a single point separated them and, and the the leaders. So, oh, that's fascinating. Very small margins. 
<laughs> well, it's backed up by their number of errors committed. They're t- they're the tied for the third fewest in Major League Baseball with 69 total. That's across the whole season. I think nice. Isaiah Kiner Falefa had 69 himself this <laughs> season. <might> have, <laughs> I think I think JP Crawford committed 69 in September. Yeah, right, he just in September. <laughs> had, a, had a rough stretch there for a little bit. <laughs> exactly. So, if you combine the team's uh defensive capabilities with the team's earned run average. This is earned run average is the pitchers um, the, the the number of runs the pitchers give up, and this is a cumulative team ERA, 3.97. So your hot shot starters like Justin Verlander are sub 2.0, and your hot shot or in your uh, yeah, your closers are going to be in that two two and a half range. Mm-hmm. So having a team ERA of 3.97 is just great. It's not bad. Yeah, and we'll get That's, into in a little bit kind of the weakness, why it's why it is as high as it is at three point nine seven. Because that is seventeenth in major league baseball and, and there there are elements and nuances to that, but it's still because of the way it's broken down, it's still not a huge problem for Philadelphia. Obviously we've seen that, but right. um they've they also strike out a lot of people and they're tenth in major league baseball with strikeouts. So um, they've allowed 150 home runs this season. That's fifth best in Major League Baseball. That's fifth lowest. And walks allowed, the number of times they've walked, guys, is the 11th best in Major League Baseball. So kind of middle of the road on some of these, but some of those standout numbers like home runs allowed, that's going to be a really interesting statistic when we get into Houston's capabilities at the plate because that Houston, they hit bombs. That's what they do. That's all they know how to do. Right, and it's like it's like I talked about with the Mariners. If they can keep them in the yard, they'll be fine. The problem was was they couldn't keep them in the yard when it was timely. They did a pretty right. good job for the most part, yep. but when it came late and they kind of closed the gap a little bit, they couldn't do it. So the difference is going to be if the Phillies can can do that in late innings, keep keep the Astros from hitting home runs. Um, so I real quick, I looked it up, and it was the Cardinals who had the best fielding percentage in the league at nine point at, at point nine eight nine. Awesome. So. Brad, what are the Phillies' weaknesses? So, strength. Well, so let's start with their their strengths. Pitch yeah. starting pitching act, actually is like it. They led or they're third in Major League Baseball with an eight point two collective WAR among starting pitchers. But what we saw was with relief pitching, they had a collective WAR of negative point zero or zero point three. So that's point negative point three, and that's why that ERA is as high as it is. Yeah, that if if the bullpen had like a zero war, even if they weren't negative, that number would be probably a little bit lower. Like they might be, let's see, it was three. It might be around the 3.6 range potentially. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but, but that could be the case. So starting pitching is a strength. Relief pitching is a weakness for sure. They're 12th in major league baseball, but catching they have, they do have like this year, they had the best catcher in baseball. JT Realmuto was the best catcher in baseball. Um, and as a position, they had the highest war in the league at 4.8. So yep. backup catcher brought them down quite a bit, but nonetheless. Quite a bit, yeah. Because <laughs> JT, JT's effective at the plate, and he's terrific defensively. Yeah, exactly. Yep, He's so, going to save runs. He's going to get to strikes with framing, too. So that's yeah, a big deal. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, other weaknesses with the Phillies, though, is the shortstop position. Um, I think I don't think it's I like I'm not going to blame a no name player, right? 
Bryson Stott. I'm not going to call him a no-name player, but he's not as well-known as guys like Reese Hoskins, Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, JT Realmuto. Those, like, he's not as well-known as, as those guys. I think there's a reason for that. Uh, but the shortstop position, and I'm not blaming it all on him, but the shortstop position had negative 1.2 war. That's 25th in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, third base, Alec Bohm is primarily the third baseman there. I don't, I don't, man, I don't think he had a negative one war. But there, as a position at third base, they had. Uh, are you looking that up for me, Brig? Yeah. Okay. At, they had a negative one war. It's 22nd in Major League Baseball, and I don't think he that was all him. I think there was some collective uh negativity there but anyway collective negativity (laughs) (laughs) but the outfield (laughs) thank you (laughs) but the outfield was also bad with a negative three war in the outfield that's all three positions across all three positions a negative 3.0 war it's 21st in major league baseball Holy smokes, that worries me, to be honest yeah. with you, because a team that can hit the ball in the gap, like the Astros, periodically. Periodically, right? yeah. Like, they have the power to send the ball to the fence. We know that. And if it's getting out there, there's probably going to be somewhat of a defensive liability out there, at least in one of those positions. I think the addition of Brandon Marsh has helped, right? Like, that dude can flat so. out fly. Like it's, yeah. it's like they say with Julio Rodriguez. It's a no-fly zone out there. Right. So he... He is helping a ton. Um, Nick Castellanos has been good defensively during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, right. I agree. So I think he stepped up big time defensively, especially. I think that he's part of that negative three war. <laughs> he's going to be factored in there. Um, yeah. And I think that there's a reason why they made the move for Brandon Marsh as well. Because I think well, there's like... Don't forget Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, well, because... I mean, he's, he's primarily DHing it though, isn't he? He's not no, spending a lot of Bryce time. Harper left. is. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. It's all Kyle Schwarber in left field right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah he's played um, 155 games in left field. I think. Wow, something like that, like a ton. He's, I know he's played 155 games this season, but I think most of them have been in left field. If I'm most not of them, yeah. Field. Certainly since Harper had his elbow issue, he's been yeah. he's been left field. Yeah, but his and and. And uh, Schwarber's plate appearances as of late have been a little shaky. He's kind of streaky. I think all of them were a little shaky there toward the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But I don't know. Yeah. And then, you know, like you talked about with, with Real Muto with the catching position, that there were some obvious issues with the outfield being able to hit. Yeah. That I think Jason said that it felt like Nick Castellanos coming up in the in the NLCS was like an automatic out. And that's frustrating. That's not good. Yeah. So uh, I got your shortstop list. Go ahead. Your shortstop list. So obviously Bryson Stott is involved in this problem. Didi Gregorius, excuse me, Sir Didi Gregorius. Oh, that's a big and, one. And uh, uh, Camargo, Johan Camargo. Mm-hmm. Those are your three shortstops throughout the season. There you go. Problem. Because didn't D.D. Gregorius, didn't he get uh, released? He, uh, he had a negative 0.4 war by himself this season. And wow. I think he was DFA'd. I'm pretty sure he was DFA'd. 60, 60 or so games in. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. 
But anyway, so those are some of the strengths and strengths and the weaknesses of the Phillies. Um, I mean, the big storyline of the Phillies is the fact that Bryce Harper and Gene Segura are finally getting to play in a World Series. Gene Segura just finally getting to play in the playoffs, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Did you see the Did you see the article about him wearing his uniform onto the plane? No. <laughs> yeah, he wore his uniform onto the plane, and then I saw somebody on Twitter was like. There was a picture of somebody who it was either Bryce Harper or somebody who looks exactly like Bryce Harper, dressed up like him, in his grays with his red jersey, getting yeah. gas at the gas station. And it really? was like, <laughs> yeah, it had to it had to have been somebody who looked like him and was dressed up because yeah. I don't think that's allowed. <laughs> but <laughs> but they, they said something like how the how the rest of the Phillies are gonna are gonna be after they take two games in Houston because uh, Gene Segura was wearing his uniform on the plane. <laughs> it's just gonna be leisure wear for everybody oh that's terrible <laughs> i thought it was pretty good <laughs> it's pretty funny i disagree <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> just anyway contrarian for a minute <laughs> so, so that's those that's the big thing with with the phillies like all of it yeah. top to bottom how they got here what you, kind of what you can expect from then going forward. Um, I just have to say that I'm ec- ecstatic for Bryce Harper finally getting to play in the World Series. And, you know, I might be for Mike Trout if the Angels ever make it just because he deserves it. Yeah, the rest of the does. team doesn't necessarily. And I say that as a division rival Yeah, is all. Not necessarily anything against the Angels, just as a division rival. Um, but when he gets there, I'll be happy for Mike Trout if he gets yeah. there. I agree with you. Cause I, I especially Jr. agree with the if part. Well, because Ken Griffey Jr. never played in a World Series. Frank Thomas yeah. never played in a World Series. And those are two of the greats. Like, when we were growing up, they were like, I mean, Griffey is obviously a generational talent. Still one of the greatest to ever play the game. But I remember Frank Thomas was my best friend's favorite player. Dude, was and amazing. So the big hurt. And yeah. He was fabulous. Yeah, he was one of the top five to ten players in the 90s. Consistently. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he never made it to a World Series. So it's, at least not with the White Sox. I'd have to look farther back or deeper into the end of his career but anyway some some of the be- some of the greats don't ever make it and i'm glad that bryce harper did because it'll be one more thing on his hall of fame resume that's so, and it is going that direction for sure mm-hmm. yeah definitely all right should we take a quick break when we get back we will talk about the astros what do you say brig that sounds amazing all right let's go ahead and we will do it no matter which ballpark you're at you want to rep your team now you can with Nine Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. Welcome, Welcome back, back baseball, baseball family. family. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> We're just that excited to see you. We are so excited. <laughs> but uh, welcome back from our brief break. Um, Brig is actually going to get us into the tail of the tape with Houston. Take it away, Brig. Before, before I do that, I got to jump in here and talk about Frank Thomas. Um, okay. Because that's why I missed your message, Brad, because I was looking up <laughs> and being just astonished by what I found out about the big hurt. So he finished top 10 in MVP voting like a billion times. I don't even want to count all of them. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he was the MVP two years in a row. He won the MVP in uh, 93 and 94. He was an all-star one, two, three, four, five consecutive times throughout his career. And he is in the, the Hall of Fame. What? I was going to say all the times he was an all-star. I feel like he was at every all-star game. He wasn't. No, out of a 19-year career, 16 of them with the White Sox, two with Toronto, two with Oakland right there at the end. He was uh, he was only there. He, he only made it to five All-Stars, All-Star games. Um, but he, like I said, he is in the Hall of Fame. So, Brad, are you looking it up? Don't look it up. Look at, Check this out. Okay. We're talking about wins above above replacement. We're talking about war and and how it, you know important it is cumulatively across the season and things like that. What do you think his career war was? Uh, I'm gonna say seventy three point eight. Brad, <laughs> <laughs> I already had a pull up. Ah, yeah, yeah, you would. <laughs> <laughs> you dirty rat! But part of that, it. part of that though, part of that is like, like I said, war is a cumulative stat. Yeah, it but is. the fact that he played from age twenty-two until it, like through his age forty season, yeah, that's a big deal, right? Like yeah, I actually totally remember uh, watching him with the uh, with the A's, like a little bit. Like, man, that's that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Cool. Yeah, good for him. That's awesome. I don't so much remember the Toronto years, but I do remember <laughs> I do right. remember his time in Oakland. So uh, his best offensive war year, um, everything but fielding, right? His best offensive war year was 7.9, which is great. That was that a, great. That's a total of 7.0 uh, overall. Uh, his, oh, his best total is 7.3. Okay, sorry, we're way off track here. Baseball family, we friggin' love you. And uh, we (laughs) are going to now talk about the Houston Astros. Tale of the tape. Let's go ahead and talk about how they got to this position. Uh, First of all, they won 106 games this season. They lost only 56 games. Uh, At home, they're 55 and 26, rut row. On the road, they're 51 and 30. It's a little better for Philadelphia. Um, with nine inning games, they're 101 and 50. Jeez. Extra inning games, though, they're five and six. So, and this comes Get down to small extras. ball. Get that's the small ball. Yeah, that's your deep lineup, uh, bullpen exploitation, small ball statistic right there. And then within, anytime it's a one run game, they still come out on top at 28 to 16. So uh, they've also. Games that are five or more runs considered a blowout, they're 35 and 13. That's a lot, typically. too. 48 a, blowouts. Yeah, that's a lot of blowouts. It's kind of astonishing, actually. The, is. <laughs> uh, this is their fifth World Series appearance in franchise history. All of them have come clustered in the last handful of years. It feels like, you know, not like the Phillies, whose first World Series appearance was 1980, or first World Series victory, anyway. But the last time Houston won the World Series was 2017. Um, their last appearance was last year. They lost to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Now, this I found this really fascinating, Brad. At uh, Not Atlanta. Houston 
spent 158 calendar days in first place. That sounds about right. Yeah, because there yeah. is a short stretch. The Mariners were – no, I don't think the Mariners ever were in April. But the, the Angels were, and then yeah. once the Angels started losing and they relinquished it to the Astros, it was they never gave it up. No. they Out of the 162 baseball days in the season, 139 of them were in home. We're, we're in first place. That's a lot. That's crazy. Yeah, thought that was a fun perspective. Yeah, for a while, there, the AL West was so bad. They were the only team over 500 there for a stretch. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they just had to be halfway decent to be in first place there for, for a little bit. That's right. But, so they finished the season. Their last 10, they went 6-4. and four. They took the final series of the season from Philly in uh, two games to one. So that jives with everything else we've seen on their stuff. In September, they went 18 and 8, um, and then 4 and 1 in October, those last few days of October. Yeah. So, the, yeah. That's that intense. Was, it, it is intense. And, you know, everybody in the AL West kept expecting the Astros to kind of let their foot off the gas just a little bit in September. Yeah. Like, we're like I was the, even in like August. I was like, okay, the Astros cannot keep up this pace the rest of the way. Like, right. they're gonna have to. They're gonna fall at some point. They're gonna falter at least trip up a little bit and give the Mariners a chance to catch up. They didn't. No, they didn't. Like when even when the Mariners won, like I think it was fourteen in a row. They only made like made up like two and a half games. Yeah, it was only two or three games exactly. Yeah. So, <laughs> they were consistent once they started winning. They didn't stop all season long. I'm going to switch over to how they got here over here with the postseason picture. Obviously, they took a bye week that first round of the playoffs uh, because of their record, and then they they beat Seattle. I don't want to say they butchered Seattle because I don't think they did. I feel like it was way more of an even fight than we any of us expected it to be, especially yeah. that 18-inning game, which was really fun to watch. And I think um, that's a testament to the relying on the home run. Then we move over to the ALCS where they played New York and butchered New York. There we go. That's what I wanted to say. (laughs) They just, they just wailed on New York. I mean, it was just unbelievable how outclassed New York was facing again, facing Houston, even though the games were relatively close in scoring in performance and in management and in all of the other important nuances, it wasn't even close, right? Not even at all. So it'll be interesting. I, I mean, seriously, think about that for a second. The wild card Seattle Mariners played better against Houston than the Yankees did. They put up a better fight. They managed games better. Everything was better than than the Yankees were able to. And that's a shame that it was limited to uh, a shortened series because I think it would have been interesting to see how Seattle would have done with, well, with a different strategy. I still think it would have only gone four games in the ALCS, though. You think so? Just because, yeah, the, with the way things played out, like I think I still think they would have gotten swept. The problem, is, or the the difference, is that all four games would have been close and competitive, right? Mm, yeah. But the Mariners bullpen, I think, was gassed, and yeah, and just could not keep up there at the end. Like that's why that's why they ended up losing game one. And that's why they it's went true. to Robbie Ray instead of another reliever. Because oh, I'm so I'm still upset for you about that, <laughs> right? But yeah. like, 
but yeah, things like that, you know, that it came down to this bullpen that was super reliable and then actually ended up, ended the season with a negative war, I found out today. I was like, hmm, well, maybe let's pump the brakes on Los Bomberos for a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't give this team, this bullpen a, a nickname quite yet. But anyway, Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it would have been a competitive four-game series, but I think I think it still would have only gone four just because I think that experience was playing a major role in that series. I think so, you're right. There's that. But so anywho, Houston, Houston and Philadelphia have faced off. Obviously, they were the final series for each of each of the team's regular season. But the Astros outscored the Phillies 13 to five in their matchup. Which is a bit of a yikes. That is somewhat of a yikes. I agree with you because one of those games had like had to have not been close at all for right for the Astros to lose one of those. There had to have been a blowout in one of those games. Yeah. In fact, I'm now I'm curious. As to yeah, look it up. Um, I'm going to go get ahead. into the offense. Yeah, yeah, go ahead and I'll look that up. So Houston's offense um, is fascinating, and I think it's indicative of what we're about to see. So here's here's what this here's how it reads: Their team leader in WAR is Jordan Alvarez. He has a 6.8 WAR. Team's collective OPS again. That's your on base percentage plus slugging. And your slugging is just every offensive production statistic put together, right? So extra base hits and everything, like home runs, all that. So your OPS, they're at a 743. That's seventh in Major League Baseball. Their number one player uh, in terms of OPS is Jordan Alvarez. No surprise. No. (laughs) Team home runs, they're fourth in Major League Baseball for hitting home runs. Again, no surprise there. They've hit 214 this year. Their team leader is Jordan Alvarez. He has 37. The team um, strikes out fewer than 28 teams in Major League Baseball. That's been so. That's something that I think is really interesting because they used to strike out a ton. 2014, 15, 16, they struck out a ton. And then all of a sudden it changed, but we found out why it had changed. Right. And it is a little bit curious. I'm not accusing anything of uh, anybody of anything because I don't think that they're cheating anymore. I don't think so either. It is curious to me that that number has stayed so low. And I don't know if it's, if they figured something out while they were doing that, they're like, this is how we need to establish plate discipline. This is how we need to own the zone. You know, if there was something that they did learn legitimately for about hitting when that was going on, that they've passed on to everybody else. Because the only two guys who are still there are Bregman and Altuve. Yeah, the only other thing I can think of is if when they replaced Hinch and Lunau, if they also did more shaking up of the farm system and the developmental system and the coaching, if Dusty Baker came in and said, hey, you know, I want this guy or I want this gal or I want whatever – um, you're not effective anymore. You're effective. Some something like that developmentally and with the coaching staff may have happened and we missed it. I don't know. Maybe could have. Yeah. And it could be something that Dusty Baker or the hitting coach or somebody has established in the clubhouse as far as like, because I remember hearing David Samson talk about how their rule, their franchise rule, once it got to the, I think it was probably top to bottom was we don't swing at spin. Nice. They can throw a breaking ball and it'll end up right over the plate, but you don't swing at it because it's too hard to hit. Yeah, that's interesting. Make, make the guy throw you a hanging curveball. Yeah, 
if, if he wants if he wants to get you a strike, but don't swing it a don't swing it spin because it's just going to be out of the zone. Yeah, that's fantastic. So they walk team. The team has recorded walks. They're ninth in Major League Baseball with 528 walks that they work. Alex Bregman leads the team with 87 stolen bases. Here we go. Stolen bases. They have 83 stolen bases. That's good enough for 17th in Major League Baseball. And out of those 83, Brad, Kyle Tucker has 25 of them. Hmm. <laughs> I was like, whoa. That shocked me that it was him. Um, yeah. Because, I don't know, I don't... <laughs> he's, he seems... Because, like, as a Mariners fan, I joke about this as a Mariners fan, that Mitch Hanniger is not as fast as we want him to be. Right. Because, like, there was, like, five games last year where he got thrown out of the plate three times because they were sending him. It's like, man, I just think he's... I don't think he's fast. We want him to be Kyle Tucker had kind of gives that same vibe that he's maybe not as fast as Astros fans want him to be. Yeah. But he's still really, really fast. Still <laughs> he's really stealing fast. bases, and <laughs> covering all kinds of ground out there in the outfield. But, um, you know, so, who's really fast is Jeremy Pena and he's Pena swiped is. 11. That's crazy. He's only swiped 11. Right. Maybe, maybe it's because he's hitting doubles and he's already on second base. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Jeremy Pena's doubles production is he's had 20 doubles this season. That's pretty good. That's pretty that's, good. That's pretty good. <laughs> and for so those of quick. you wondering about the rookie sensation, he is the he has played 136 games this season. So it's not like they brought him up from triple A midway through the year to deal with some problem. No, no, no. He's been there the whole time. Yeah, they knew what they had when they let Correa go. And the plan was to let him come up and play. So real quick, so it was Tuesday, October fourth, the second game of that three game set. The Astros beat the Phillies ten to zero. Oh, in Houston. Oh, that's they rough. They lost. So the the Phillies won the first game three to zero. Then the Astros won the next day ten to zero. And then the Astros won the last. This won the season finale three to two. Those other two are pretty close games. Yeah, so so here are the pitching matchups for you too, Brig. Are you ready for this? Austin Nola against Lance McCullers on the game that the Phillies won. Okay. Justin Verlander and Ranger Suarez in game two. Then Framber Valdez and um, Michael Plasmeyer. I don't think he's on the roster. I don't think he is either. <laughs> so. Because, wow. Because those aren't the matchups we're going to see in the World Series. No, no. They won't be like that. No, it'll be no. it'll be Nola and Verlander game one. Yeah, and then I I expect uh, Valdez will face against uh, Wheeler in game yeah. two is what I expect. I would think so. Yeah. Um. Oh, and we'll get. I don't want to talk about that really quick. But um, as far as pitching and defense is concerned, which is also fascinating, the Astros allowed 518 runs total. Um. And if you take the starting pitching for Houston and you say minimum 140 innings pitched, because there's one guy in there with some outlier weird numbers. He hasn't pitched very much. Um, starting pitchers who've pitched over 140 innings. Uh, Urquidy has given up the most. Interesting. Runs allowed. Yeah, 74 by himself. Um, but Christian Javier has only given up 44. He's the fewest. Um, as far as relief pitchers go, you've got, with at least 40 innings pitched, 
Um, Phil Mayton is 34, has the most, and Stanek has only given up eight runs. Wow. Across 40 innings or more. That's impressive. I thought it was going to be um, Presley. I would thought I so it up, too. Yeah. And it wasn't. It's it's Stanek. Huh. That's really So their fielding percentage at 9 987 that puts them 7th in Major League Baseball. They've Again that's been... that's 2 points off of the leader. Exactly. But that puts them in 7th place or whatever. Yeah. Um <laughs> but they've committed uh some of the fewest errors in Major League Baseball. They're 25th in Major League Baseball for errors committed, 72 across the whole season. Jeremy Peña has recorded 19 of them by himself. He's has the most errors across the entire team. And I think that's just a rookie getting used to playing in the big leagues. Yep. And I'm sure they were way earlier in the season than, mm-hmm. than later rather than later. Uh, the team ERA is collectively 2.90. <laughs> that's second in major league baseball starting pitchers. Um, is the, the starting pitching leader is Verlander 1.75 ERA. He's the lead and, leader. Yeah, exactly. And Stanek is a 1.15. Close that computes for real. That computes that, that, that checks out. That passed the sniff test. Yeah, <laughs> they strike out uh, more than almost anybody in Major League Baseball. They're fourth in strikeouts. Um, across major league baseball and their team leader is actually a tie between Framber Valdez and Christian Javier at 194. So they have two guys that are competing for more strikeouts across their starting pitching rotation. They've allowed 134 home runs this season. That's 29th in major league baseball. Um, Odorizzi has allowed 25 with the most Stanek has allowed two with the fewest. Um, well, as far as their Go ahead. Real quick on that, the home runs, like that's one of the things that we talked about a little bit going into the playoffs is that like what it comes down to with baseball these days is are you hitting more than you're are you hitting more than your opponent? Or are you giving up fewer than your opponent? It's kind of how yeah. it works. And that's why they're able to get away with not getting on base because they hit a ton of home runs and they don't give up any. That's they're right. willing they to bend, but they do not break. Here's how you get on base with the uh, Astros, they're st- it's still 21st in Major League Baseball, so it's still low. But they've o- they've allowed 458 walks all season. That's 21st in Major League Baseball. It's it's very small. Um, Framber Valdez has allowed the most with 67. The fewest of starting pitchers is Odorizzi. He's allowed 17, and then uh, Mayton allows the most among their um, relief pitchers. And Presley obviously only walked 13 guys, so. It's nothing. It's crazy. Yeah, man. It's just like <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's just I don't even I don't even know like how to describe how good that pitching staff is. Because they're well, just so dominant. Starting and relief, right? Their bullpen yes. is fantastic. Yeah. Front to back. Like you'll get teams where it's like their starting pitching is lights out. Like the Phillies starting pitching is lights out, but the bullpen's right. been a problem. Right? Yeah. But then yeah. you or you get teams where it's like their starting pitching is like fine and serviceable, but then they're but then the bullpen is lights out. That's the way the Rays were a couple of years ago, right? They that's had right. good starting pitching, but the bullpen was where it's at. It's like they're playing five inning games because that's all their starters have to do. Maybe that's even right. four, you know? Yeah. But the Astros, it's like if they get two runs on the board early, you're toast. Yeah. Yeah, just throw just call in the the 
bucket squad, right? And they'll just start dumping water on you. It's yeah, over. Exactly. That's good. Like that. <laughs> and and <laughs> they'll do a little bit at a time, you know? Yeah. But their strengths, let's talk about strengths and weaknesses. So strengths, I mean, obviously starting pitching, right? They have right. a collective 8.8 .8 war at second in Major League Baseball. Justin Berlander is a leader there at 5.9. Um, relief pitching, 2.7 collective war. That's fourth in Major League Baseball. That, <laughs> It's not fair. <laughs> not fair. But this this is crazy. So the weakness, I feel like their biggest weakness on this team is catcher, specifically Martin Maldonado. But that's only because he's a def he's an offensive liability. He is. He's right. What, he hit batting one, one. He hit one eighty seven point yeah. two collective WAR. But the position had a negative two point six WAR, which is 29th in Major League Baseball. But he caught twenty six percent of runners. That's why he got to play every single day because he's a freaking wall, an effortless wall, and nobody steals on him. Right. That's why he continued to play. But they addressed it with Christian Vasquez, who's a better hitter, and still he a pretty a darn hitter. good catcher. Not bad at all. Not just serviceable, but solid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he threw out, didn't he throw out a couple of Yankees? I know he caught a couple of Mariners trying to steal. For sure. Yeah, for sure. So it's pretty interesting, man. Trying but, to fix that hole as far as um, as far as catching goes offensively. I think he did a pretty good job with Vasquez, but still defensively, though, like that's not a hole behind the plate. No. It's about as strong as it gets. Yeah, it really is. Now, let's go down position players. Their um, third baseman is Bregman, Bregman 2.3 war. That's fifth in Major League Baseball for third baseman. Fifth. Yeah, that's uh, your shortstop, Jeremy Pena, two point seven WAR. That's fifth in Major League Baseball, and then your outfield collectively with all three third in Major League Baseball with a four point five WAR. Alvarez is big with that. Kyle Tucker, I mean, we've been talking about him for a couple of years. Like he's going to be a part, big, big part of that too. Yeah. So that dude yeah, will track down anything. Kyle Tucker will. I know he will. That's the problem. Because yeah. he looks like he should be a substitute teacher, right? Like he, he does. I've been saying there. for years, he looks like an accountant. Yeah. He exactly. <laughs> yeah, he he has no business being in a, a baseball uniform. He should be wearing a cardigan and uh, with elbow patches or something. Elbow patches and tweed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. So, so we have. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to. I was going to say the, the main storylines are are that the Astros have played sixteen. They've had 16 playoff appearances. We've talked about that. So there's tons of experience on this team. And those are guys that have been there, but also guys they've brought in who have tons of experience. Um, and that's really cool. Jeremy Pena is my man right now. Like, it just it doesn't matter. He's, he's hitting 256 average, 25 home runs, 50 extra base hits. His, he's got a 440 slugging and a 731 OPS. It's insane for a rookie. It's insane. And now he's going to potentially help lead them and maybe even carry the banner offensively leading them through to a world series victory because yeah. he's just as good at the plate as anybody. And I feel like if anybody's heading for contact, if there's anybody on their team who does the, the small ball, you know, get on base thing, it's Jeremy Pena. Yeah. He and Alex Bregman. Yeah. Right. We talked about how Bregman's really good at hitting the ball in the opposite direction. Yeah. And right. And you want guys who can do that around Alvarez because you want him to get pitched to, right? Yep. 
that's why you, that's why you sandwich him in between those guys. Right. Um, to me, Greg, the biggest storyline going into this is that I feel like the Astros as an organization are still are still somewhat looking for vindication uh, for the 2017 title. I feel like if the Astros win this, everybody needs to just stop it with the garbage cans. They should anyway. But if they win it, if they win this World Series, the garbage cans need to go away. The trash throws, all, all that needs to go away. It needs to be done. And just, just live with it, right? Right. It happened. It's not going away. They didn't really do any do a whole lot about it. But if they no. win this World Series, it just needs to stop for good. That's my biggest thing, my biggest takeaway here. Yeah. And, and I'm, you know, I'll be the first one to admit that I was as angry as it gets. Right. Off, yeah. For I a million too. reasons. Yeah. And, and we banged that drum hard. Yeah. Right. Like we really did. But I think it's burned off a little bit. I think we're at the point where we need to heal collectively. And I think you're right. If they win this World Series, we need to just take our medicine and be done. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I think that's the way that needs to go. Um, last story. Let's then we'll take a quick break and then get into uh, just a couple more things. Um, Jose Altuve has really struggled this postseason. It'll be interesting to see if he's gotten out of that funk with his couple hits there at the end of the series against the Yankees, or if he'll just dip right back down into it because he hasn't played for almost a week. Exactly. And I, that's what I'm thinking will, will potentially happen, at least in game one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it'll extend to game two. The pitching is so good in game one and game two, though, that it could extend all the way into game three. I think that their mm-hmm. game three starter, depending on who Philly picks, might you know might be one of those things. So. Yeah. One of the things before we take a break, I have to let everybody know. Don't worry, it's going to be okay. They're going to close the roof for games one and two at Houston. For all oh, where's Aaron Boone? Out there. I bet he's just beside himself. Who? Aaron Boone is just beside. Oh, himself. he's so upset. But and you know, can you imagine that phone call? Hey, it's Rob. Hey, yeah, I don't want to fight with this anymore. You're going to close the roof during the World Series. <laughs> But we what I don't want to hear it. Okay, my name's Rob Manfred. Get it done. Boom. <laughs> I Close feel like it, don't something open like it. that happened. So let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah, done. Okay, uh, let's take one more break. When we get back, we will uh, give you a couple more small items, and then we'll give our predictions as well, our meaningless predictions, as it were. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports, from current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nonlinear Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And we're back, baseball family. We're really excited to be back because we love meaningless predictions. And um, that's what this is all about right now. So we're going to give you some meaningless predictions. But first, I have some information for you about which umpires are going to be officiating this World Series. We have their crew. The crew has been announced. Crew chief will be Dan Lasagna. Then he will be back. That's to... <laughs> an I. I think it's I is on. No, I don't know. it's not anymore. It's now lasagna it's lasagna. Now. <laughs> Get over here? it. Dan Lasagna, who's been an uh, umpire for 21 years, he's going to be um, 
crew chief. Then he's going to be backed up by Jordan Baker, Lance Barksdale, Trip Gibson, Pat Hoberg, James Hoy, Alan Porter are the rest of your umpire crew. Um, Brad brought this up. This is the youngest umpiring crew uh, According in a to the World Washington Series. Post, they didn't. Well, they said in recent memory. I don't know what that means. I, they didn't give uh, any exact numbers because they're like, it just seems like it's been a really long time since, we, since we've had a, a crew this young. But one of the things they pointed to is that this group is really, really good at calling balls and strikes. Yeah. So, so I looked it up, Brad. Okay. All right. I went to my favorite umpirescorecards.com. Sweet. And I looked up each one of these dudes. Okay. And um, Dan Lasagna, that's how you say his name. <laughs> his accuracy is 92.8% overall. His expected accuracy is 93.4%. Um, consistency, I think, is the most important thing. He's consistent 93.9 or 93.3% of the time. That's honestly a little lower than I would hope for it to be. But that's the way it goes. He does offer about a half a run per game, either direction. But if hmm. you know, he's not going to take away runs from a team on average. But he will a half a run will re- result from his uh, calls behind the plate. Um, his impact per call. I thought this was a really interesting statistic. So the number of runs that might be impacted by his plate calls is 0.13 overall. Wow. Per call. Not, not oh, that's per, per game. call. Per call. Ooh. Yeah. It's really, that's... and that's how you get to the half a run. Okay. That's really interesting. Okay, let's hmm. move on. Um, I'm in no particular order. Alan Porter's consistency, 93.2%. He is going to give you approximately 0.4 runs um, per game and 0.14 runs per of impact per call. He's at hmm. 94.3% accuracy expected to be 92.8. So hmm. Jordan Baker consistently 93.6% consistency. He's going to also give you about 4.4 runs a game. Um, he has the same statistic on leverage as the other guy. Um, Lance Barksdale, 94.5% accuracy. Consistency is 93.3%. And he, about a half a run in favor as well. So that's pretty interesting. Then you've got uh, 95.4 for Pat Hoberg. That's his overall accuracy. I like that. Consistency is a little bit low, though. He's 94.3% consistent. And again, another about four runs in favor. Uh, hmm. James Hoy, 93.5% consistent. And Trip Gibson is 94.2% consistency overall. I thought that was pretty worthwhile information just to, going into this. Because you're right, this is a, te- a, a, a team of officials that they get it right a lot. We'll see how see how those lowish consistency numbers turn out. But at least the consistencies are consistent. Right? The percentages yeah. of consistencies... Yeah. They're, they all match up. So I wonder if yeah. that's maybe played into how they were selected. Maybe. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see, though, because what was it last year or two years ago that we were like, are they, did they like sneak in a robo umps and not tell anybody? Because there were a few umpires who were really, really, really good behind the plate. Yeah. 
So I hope that we get that because that would be awesome. But I don't know. We'll see. As long as they're consistent, I don't care where the zone is. Exactly. And that's we actually had a comment on on YouTube that said that same thing. And I think that's something that we said before, too, is yeah. that I don't care if you're wrong. You can call strikes out of the zone, balls in the zone, whatever. But. Sorry, I just had a text message come in and lost my thought. Oh, but make sure it's consistent. <laughs> yeah, don't shift the zone. Yeah, yeah, don't shift the zone. Exactly. If you're going to call it six inches off the plate, call it six inches off the plate all game long. That's all I yeah. care about. I got a ding on a text message and it threw me off. But anyway, <laughs> okay, let's let's talk about when these games are going to happen. Okay, World Series, okay. it is Thursday night tonight. For those of you watching live or those of you not um, are going to be watching probably the next day. Friday, first game, 8.03 Eastern. Uh, they're playing in Houston. It's games one and two in Houston, three, four, and five in Philly. Six and seven are going to be back in Houston. Uh, game two is Sunday, same time. All games start at the same time, eight oh three Eastern, and then we go. We take Sunday off. Sorry, Friday, Saturday. Take Sunday off. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then take Thursday off. Friday, Saturday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, or if necessary, this thing will be wrapped up by November, by or on November fifth, for sure. So. We got about a week to get all these games in, and it's going to be awesome. It is going to be it's awesome. So exciting, yeah. Brad. What do you have? What are your predictions? I would love to see Philly come out and just hit home run after home run after home run off this pitching staff, and just see a bunch of slugfest and see these teams go toe to toe. But the way that the Astros pitching has shut everybody down, and the way that opposing pitching has managed to shut down the Astros' offense as well. I think we're going to get six slugfests. Mm. I think the Astros are going to win. In six. Yeah. Yep. I would not be surprised if we went five, but I think we're going to get a bunch of slugfests because these 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 pitching staffs are going to do a pretty good job of keeping everybody in the yard, and it's going to come down to who can hit home run last, I think is what it's, what it's going to be. Yeah, or first. Because that... Because then you you know like Verlander takes a minute to warm up. Yeah, he could. And if you can if you can if you can tack a run on during yeah. his first inning, man, you're yes. gonna, you that might be the end. And and which Verlander are we gonna get? Are we gonna get? Are we gonna get uh, division series Verlander, who is the typical playoff Verlander, or are we gonna get championship series Verlander, who we saw against the Yankees, which was not typical playoff Verlander? No. Okay, I think I, I agree with you. I want to see, I want to see this go all seven. Honestly, if I get my way, they all go seven. We have two really good pitching duels, and then the rest of them are just carpet bomb sessions where everybody's going yard, lots of small balls, stolen bases. That's what I want out of every baseball game. But what I think will happen is that we're going to get two really good pitching duels, and then we're going to get one really pretty high-scoring game, like five or six each maybe. I can see that. And the series will end in five, and Houston's going to win. Five. Houston in five. Okay. Um, so we both have Houston. If this game, if this series goes five, Brig, or I guess if this series goes six, would you be willing to take a pie in the face? Yes. Okay. If this series ends in six, Brig will take a pie in the face. That is it. What about? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Matt, 
<laughs> you, you can't triple stamp and double stamp. <laughs> if, if this series goes five, I'll take a pie in the face. Okay. <laughs> All right. If it goes seven, do we both take a pie in the face? If it goes seven, we both take a pie in the face. How's that? Let's see. Outstanding. That. Or if it goes four, if it goes four or seven, we both take a pie in the face. Okay. And if the Phillies win in five or six, if the Phillies win, period, we both take a pie in the face. Yeah. Oh, you know that's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. No, no, no. Let me just get this straight. If it goes in four or seven, we both take a pie. Right. Okay. If it goes in five, you do. If it goes in six, I do. Right. Okay. All right. I love it. Delio will shake on it there. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, baseball family, uh, we, this is going to be our last Thursday night live of the season because there's a chance that the world series could be wrapped up. If not, then I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll let you know. (laughs) We'll let you know if, because honestly, if November 3rd, if the series isn't over by November 3rd, we probably have to come back on. We'll talk about it though. That's true. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. Stay tuned uh, so on Mondays, though. I'm not going to deal t- in absolutes because yeah. only a Sith does that. So, we'll, but we'll definitely be back the beginning of next week for sure. We will not be live Monday night because of Halloween, because right. of celebrations, and there will be a game on. We don't want you watching us during the World Series because that's not how we roll. We will not make you sacrifice anything to watch the to anyway. So. But we will have our normal episode Tuesday. But baseball family, go out, enjoy the World Series. Don't forget while you're on the interwebs, if you're streaming whatever, hop by ShinookCedary.com, get some seeds for yourself, and support the show. Use code BTPod to get 10% off your order. You can thank us later because they're just delicious and fantastic. Break, tell them about the shop real quick. We have a shop. It's got cool stuff on it. It's called 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com. 9plusus.com. Just spell that whole thing out. Get yourself something nice. Go into the survey, fill it out, and you get yourself something cheaper at the end. That's right. And like, subscribe, rate, and review. Let us know what you think about what we're doing. You can let us know in the YouTube comments. You can also let us know in the mailbag. There's a link in the description of every single episode. Baseball family, thank you so much again for joining us, and we will catch you sometime next week. 